did you come to play or, or not so much? <laughs> I always come to play. Okay, well, that's not the impression you gave me last week. What do you mean? Last time you were just like, I don't know, I'm not talking about this. So maybe the next one I'll come to play as opposed to this one. That's not what I said at all. It was something like that. No, I said, I'm not sure if the it, we'd have a lot to talk about in the last one because it was such a just closer was. It's like everything's just in these like five or six major scenes, you know, okay. that I wasn't sure. And and it was shorter. Like if you discount the Oscar talk, it was shorter than the other. other. So it's just because I think like it was just more compressed, like narrative wise. Mm-hmm. I came to play. How dare you? How did that one do with our demo? I don't know. I haven't even looked at our numbers in a while. I'm sure Romance oh, Month is really catching fire, though. <laughs> just a big burning heart in the podcast world. Okay. Well, do we, uh, so let me try to rephrase it then. Uh, do you feel like we have a lot to talk about in this one? Uh, I got some takes. I'm drinking. How are you drinking? You, what are you drinking? Uh, I just got a soda here. <sighs> Sorry. It's the end of your weekend. I really feel like you should be drinking something obnoxious. Uh, trying to live a healthy lifestyle, you know? Filled yeah, all my rings that. today. You did what? I filled all my rings. What does that mean? It's an Apple Watch thing. Oh, okay. Anyway, let's just dive right in. Yeah, okay. Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco. This week on the pod, we're going to be talking about 2011 film Blue Valentine. Sorry, Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling. Uh, spoiler alert ahead of time for that before we do though spoilers talk a little bit about uh you know what we're watching listening to and reading what have you been watching lately marco um not much what about you sorry yeah just not much like the last like really new show i watched was like it feels like a week ago i guess it was right after we recorded i watched the the first episode of pen 15 um what's that show about like dicks or something in a way, it's about two young women going to um, high school or junior high in the the year, I believe it's the year 2000. The year 2000. I mean, it's supposed to be like a penis thing, right? It's like code. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, in the always funny Maya Erskine, who um, I think I tweeted about it a while back, but I would definitely recommend uh, there's a short film called Imaginary Circumstances directed by Emma Koenig starring Maya Erskine. That's really good. So at some point, I hope to go back and watch more of the show and just watch new shows again. I miss TV. Oh, yeah? Hi. Yeah, how are you? I'm fine. Uh, what are you, what are you I, watching? I can't remember if we talked about this on the pod or not. Have we talked about Deadly Class at all? Uh, do, must we? We I talked about IRL. I Yeah, I think we did. I mean, here's the thing about Deadly Class. It's not very good. And I remember watching the first few episodes and thinking... Uh, hopefully Umbrella Academy should be better. It's got Ellen Page. And then I watched Umbrella Academy and I was like, maybe I was a little too hard on Deadly Class. It's not the greatest show, but like because it's made for a network, it like has these concepts like pacing and like structure, you know, going on in it that like Netflix shows just like they don't know what those are. Those concepts. Pacing and structure. And yeah. Lana Condor. And like yeah. how to how to like tell your story like in a reasonably efficient amount of minutes. So uh, it's got that going for it, for sure. Say more about Lana Condor. How's she doing? How's that character going? She's fine. I mean, we haven't really got a lot into her. I mean, I, I think I'm like an episode or two behind, but like she's 
she's just like cool assassin chick for now, but we'll see. I think the show's better when it's a dorky teen show than when it's trying to be an assassin show. Mm. The concept works until you think about it. It seems like from the, oh, it doesn't. The yeah, if you think about it at all, it's totally stupid. <laughs> it's a high school for assassins. Yeah, it's dumb. And like I don't know, like some of the characters are entertaining, and some of them there's like this like this like British like Sid Vicious like punk rock guy who's just the fucking worst. There's this cartel guy who totally sucks. Like I could just leave half those characters. Well, the part of the problem, as I understood, it was it it sets up this idea that they're all essentially sponsored or, or dropped off by like their papa organization, like the, like the yakuza or. Or Mexican some gangs, of them. or like like white trash Southern racist. Some of them, groups. and then there's like there's some that are just like I don't know. Uh, they have a natural affinity for killing or something, so they they like got the in. Care. They got in under scholarships or whatever. Yeah, it's real. But I mean, dumb. like whatever the the yakuza is is paying in the way of an entry fee. No way is like the KKK matching that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even make any sense why the assassin school would allow these other groups to join considering like it was like this assassin, you know, league was started like to, you know, speak truth to power or something like it makes no sense why they'd be letting like mob groups in, but whatever. Also two of the rules, you can't kill other students and no fucking, which is just waiting for shit to boil over and explode. Yeah. I kind of just wish it was like a, an eighties high school comedy to be honest, but whatever. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, if you're murderers, I assume, and you're teenagers, you got to put your junk in your juices somewhere. Anyway, that's what I've been watching, other than uh, True Detective, which I think the finale airs tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk about a little more next time. Yeah, next time. Whatever that is, could be months from now. (laughs) Yeah, guys, uh, this is episode 300. Uh, Mm -hmm. We don't know. No, actually, it's episode 49, I think you said. It's episode 49. Um, Really, it's just the... PL is coming back soon, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we might have another one before then. We'll see. Maybe we'll see. I don't know if you've heard of that show, guys. Yeah. That show called PLL or the other spinoff of it. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um. Okay. Cool. What are you reading? Uh, still reading the Elizas, making progress. I'm like two thirds of the way through now. I feel like I'm just getting into some big twists. So sweet. It's entertaining. What do you think of the uh, convention guy? Uh, the Desmond guy who drives a Batmobile? Desmond, Desmond who drives the Batmobile. I, I don't like him. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a just a little struggle. too, like, theatrical. Like, he's like, I don't know, I get, I get like a real neckbeard vibe, even though I think he's supposed to be like a little guy or something. He's, it's a lot of like, uh, my chariot awaits, fair last, like stuff like that, oh, you know, yeah. or you're just like, dude. Yeah. Oh, he like he fucking worships this girl. He calls her Milady. Yeah, like from from the jump. Uh, yikes. Okay, cool. Are you enjoying it? You said you're enjoying it. Yeah. What are you reading? Uh, I am so close to the end of the amateurs. So close. Um, little details, you know. Like I think you and I probably access Sarah Shepard in a very similar way, where it's meant for a certain kind of reader. So it's like. I don't like this character. I fucking hate this character. And it's like 50 pages later, it's like, this is someone's boyfriend. And I'm like, I don't get it. I'm not rooting for this. I don't like it. Um, so I'm 
like they've they've done the big reveal of like who the dead teen girl was fucking. Mm. Um, spoiler: it was an adult. Um, and now they're like, there's like a a last minute twist that's in the offing. Mm. And so you know, I'm up and down and enjoying it, but uh, I'm looking forward to starting Tangerine by Christine Mangan right after this. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh, also to? the Good Girls. I need to finish that. Oh yeah, we're gonna, yeah. In retrospect, it might have been a mistake to plan out like six podcasts in a four-week period. Uh, But yeah, what are you listening to right now? Uh, I've been going back to the last Sharon Van Etten album. I've been all over the place in the last week, but Mm. I was listening to that a lot today. Yourself? Uh, Some Best Coast. Mm. West Coast, Best Coast. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. Anyway. They haven't had a new one in a while, right? They might have. I don't know. I have to check iTunes. That's the only way I know about new music now is I just go to the alternative section in iTunes, see if there's anything new. I can't wait to see that modern remake of High Fidelity where it's just a guy in a laptop. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, excuse me. He's uh, just like, I like I everything. I'm a millennial. I had no taste. Yeah. Uh, I, I rent my music. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. <sighs> well, I think it's time to dive right into Blue Valentine. Just dive right <laughs> Again, spoiler alert. Do you have an opening statement for us, Marco? I do, James. Thank you. Um, I like this movie. It can be hard to watch, shockingly, if you know anything about this movie. Which I guess adds to its realness. Um, this is like the second time I've ever seen it. I guess the first time was probably like, I don't know, like 2011, maybe 2012. I think it has a strong editing style. Uh, it kind of helps it move at a quick pace, which helps its like non-linear narrative. Um, which I guess adds like the topsy turvy back and forth feelings at the end of a relationship because it's basically um, edgy, awkward, mumblecore, romantic horror film. But uh, rewatching it, I really like the sense of the the time difference in the performances, not even in just the looks of the characters, but like Michelle Williams nails being a young woman who's like a little silly and then has to make some grown up decisions when something happens in her life, and then you see her like very cemented in what that adult path would look like five years later whereas ryan gossing transformed from this kind of like handsome young knucklehead dunce to like a drunk who looks like a child molester and like the director of the movie and um anyways i just i I think it's an interesting movie it's kind of brave in this this middle ground between this person has always loved me so much and this person has always loved me in the exact same way without, without a lot of emotional maturity so yeah what about yourself? Well, as you know, I'd never seen this movie. I just mm-hmm. I'd heard it was grim. This laugh I wanted to to roll with it. Um, Jesus, I can't remember the last time I've hated a movie character as much as I hated Gosling in this. Like, <laughs> maybe the uh, the boyfriend guy in Roma comes close, but he was only in like a few scenes. And Dean, fucking Dean here, was all over this fucking movie. What a piece of shit! Uh, the movie in general. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I, I re, like it's a really authentic slice of lies that I don't want to watch. Uh, I read a few uh, reviews uh, where like the position of this movie uh, kind of contrasts like falling in love and out of love. But the problem I have with that is that like Dean is total garbage right from the start. He was always going to be a shitty husband. He's a selfish asshole who never cared about Cindy other than as, like as a vessel for his own gratification. Um, I guess the filmmaking very effectively captures that bad romance 
the director apparently did all these little tricks to kind of pull performances out of like improvisation. I'm just not sure this Ugh. is a, a piece of art that the world really needed. Yeah. Anyway. So didn't like the movie? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I would not watch it again. I would, okay. would not recommend unless uh, you're just like, man, I really want to see what a shitty marriage looks like. Mm-hmm. Like I think the movie set I, out I would, to to it, it accomplished what it set out to do. I just don't know why you'd want to do that. I mean, I would argue my I guess my point is I think it's it's better made than I remembered. I would recommend watching it exactly one time. Um and there's other movies that I would definitely recommend long before this to scratch whatever itch is driving you towards this. <laughs> oh Jesus. Like, I read on the on the IMDb that according to Rachel Vice, there was even though they claim this is never true, there was a time when they tried to get Rachel Vice and Jeremy Renner for these roles. Yeah, can you imagine? I can't picture that at all. Can you fucking imagine? I mean, we can we can talk about the director a little bit later, but yeah, I can't imagine that at all. Um, I have three moments and only three moments, kind of. Oh wow! Okay. I I have I could do a bunch of honorable mentions. Like what? So let me run through my honorable mentions real quick. Uh, the first one is um, just the look on Ryan Gosling's face when they're on the bus and he's such a dunce and he's asking her what happened to that guy Walter and they keep saying that guy Walter a thousand times and she's just like that guy Walter and she does like the finger drag across her neck and he's just like why do you have to say it like that? It's like because you're clearly born yesterday. Uh, my number five moment is when she's just found out that she's pregnant. This is like uh, – uh, younger Cindy, college age Cindy. Then so she's in the library, like pondering over Dean's card where he, I didn't notice it before, but he had written not just his name on his business card because he has no phone, but he also wrote, give me a chance, like a sad sack of shit. And then uh, fucking Bobby Ontario shows up out of nowhere and grabs this card. And he's like, what the fuck? And he's like, throws in her face and he's walking off of her card. I love that. Uh, and then number four. Why do you I, love that? Because he's such a Bobby Ontario is presented as such a goofy villain. Okay. Also, his name is Bobby Ontario. Um, then when Michelle Williams asked her grandmother, "What was it like when she fell in love?" and the grandmother's like, "Well, who boy? I don't know if I ever felt it." And Michelle Williams is like, "Not even with grandpa." It's like it's that kind of movie. <laughs> oh shit! Well, what's your number three moment? <laughs> Uh, my number three moment is when Dean gets a shit kicked out of him. Ooh, Not okay. that I was really rooting for Bobby there because Bobby sucked, mm-hmm. but uh, fuck Dean. Wow. Okay. I apologize for questioning you earlier. You did show up to play. Um, my number three is probably like the, this is a very weird palate cleanser of um, after we see the, uh, the attempt at like future sex, when we have like the flashbacks, like the first time Dean's gone down on Cindy, and it seems more pleasant, because uh, I just I don't want to envision a life in which beautiful people have sad sex lives too. That's too much, man. You just have very strange tastes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My number two is when it's at the nursing or hospital or whatever, and uh, Dean comes in. He's being a jackass, and the nurse goes, "Oh, you must be Dean." In your fucking face, Dean. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> My number two is the end when Dean walks away like he's fucking Shane. 
Um, and just the weirdness of this poor little girl crying for her daddy to stay. And I don't know. This song, it only touches me because it's, I know people who like this was their childhood. Like they had moments like this. Um, although fortunately or unfortunately for them, it wasn't Ryan Gosling with a really questionable hairline walking out of their lives. All right. My number one is Cindy's child molester joke. Yeah, oh, you're scared. I don't want to have to walk out of here alone. It's yeah. an old joke. I like the way she told it. Okay. Your number one moment is? <clears throat> um, it's actually the moment from the costume shop or the suit shop or whatever, where he plays the ukulele and she dances. Um, so like I, divorced. I guess what I'm can getting I, from you. Sorry, go ahead. Can I finish? Sure. Sorry, can I finish? Is that mm-hmm. cool? Yeah. Um, Divorced from the rest of their whole courtship, which I don't really find value in because I don't think they should have ever been together. Um, I do find this charming and cute and unrefined. Um, at one point, I mean, Michelle Williams nails this. Like she's like playing her for hair. It's like taking him in. And I just wanted to say a little bit of quirk goes a long way. Okay. So what I, are you getting from me? I'm sorry. I, I guess it seems like you're a lot more bought into their initial romance than I am. Oh, no, no. Far, far from it. Sorry. Hmm. I mean, more than I am, I would say. Oh, I think that's apparent. Yeah. Because this this whole performance of how much you hate it is. is It's not a performance. But uh, it's just my opinion. I fucking hated this character so much. It's still Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. So it's like rewatching this um, with this gun to my head to watch it. Like I was like, oh, okay, You know, but yeah, I don't think they ever should have been together. I think he's trash. I think he's just stupid, too. Oh, he's a fucking idiot. Like, he's stupid, and also he's sketchy as fuck with this, like, where does he live? Where does he fucking live? Like, he just walks in and somehow gets a job with this thing, and he's, I don't know. Like, with a, when he's helping the old guy, Walter, which is, like, supposed to be his hero moment, like, helping him set up his shit and everything, I'm thinking, like, man, your fucking coworkers really want to make this drive back home, you asshole. Like, stop dilly-dallying around with this old man. Stop being this, like, geriatric savior. Get the fuck in the truck. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, any complaints? I don't think these two characters should have ever been together. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. You? Oh, I don't have any, no. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, here's my complaint. Not a fun hang, this movie. <laughs> what were you expecting? <laughs> what were you sold on? I want to... Oh, here... I, I feel like there's a little bit of false advertising here because I look at the like the poster or the cover for this movie uh-huh. and it's like the two of them and it kind of looks like this kind of like like New York at night like you think like oh this is like a sexy New York, New York romance movie you know like that is not what this movie is at all Mm-mm. Mm-mm. it is like here's a couple of like <clears throat> sad ass like working class people with a kid that neither of them wanted and everything sucks like yeah i don't know it's just i feel like the poster for this movie the you know dvd cover does not at all suggest what the movie's really about mm, okay and that's romance month <laughs> thank uh-huh. you good night <laughs> see you from pll <laughs> it's like she's like in his lap and she's got like you know like the short skirt and the legs and the boots and they're kissing against bricks i don't know it's just like this is not what the movie looks like at all mm-hmm a love story false advertising yeah, we, need, we need more skirts and boots and legs yeah it's not a love story my man it's uh it's a story about love is it no <laughs> <laughs> i know that i was reading some stuff online where people were like 
the ending's ambiguous. They might work it out. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> Do you <laughs> want them to? Like, why? No, no, thank you. Oh, gosh. Oh, she has the greatest line at the end. <sighs> Which line? I want um, a divorce. No, and he's just like, he's like trying to stick it to her. Like, you know, it's not just you and me. We got to think about our daughter. We have a oh, daughter to think him. about. She's like, I am thinking about the daughter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into a general discussion. Yeah. I mean, right from the start, I was just like, oh, this guy, is, he just looks like a real fucking Todd, doesn't he? Mm. He looks like the uh, stepdad from Terminator 2. That hairline. He's, he's, Xander, real Xander Berkeley. Xander Berkeley's pulling it off a lot better. It's the it's the uh, not quite transitional glasses uh-huh. the whole time. Yeah. That's the shitty detail. I mean, maybe even well, the hairline he could have pulled there, off. There's one other shitty detail. It's the fucking cigarette hanging out of this guy's mouth the whole time. I mean, that's fucking child abuse. Put that cigarette away, you asshole. You pretend to care about your kid. You're going to burn the house down. Well, also, if, like we see him. He's like a sad shack of shit asleep in a recliner. Who knows what time in the, the morning. His kid's climbing in and out of doggy doors. Like yeah. social services should take this, this child away. I'm just like the emotional abuse from this asshole. Like, oh, their dog got out and got hit by a car. And of course, it's her fault. Oh, yeah. Everything's her fault. He finds a way to manipulate her into like feeling bad about herself constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I so mean, he's only, he's only like indicative of, he's only like uh, aware of her issues enough when she's very, very, very clearly upset with him. I mean, she's just time, broadcasting. Leave me alone through most of this movie. And he refuses to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's when he's like, Oh, you know what I should do? Be smothering. Yeah. Which is funny. Cause the early courtship, I feel like what Dean is doing is not entirely different from Ryan Gosling's usual affect in movies. Like his usual charm is just that this character might be stupider and sketchier. I don't know. I mean, in Crazy Stupid Love, in like the first half of that movie, he's like a typical like pickup artist douchebag. And yet he's still more charming than he is anywhere in this movie. I I, I feel like money and some of the experience that money gives you makes a big difference. If you can folks be, try to be rich. That's I mean, I, I guess he does a good job of playing like, like a dumb shit heel in this movie. Mm-hmm. Cause God, he yeah. sucks. He's just got like divorce dad energy all over the future scenes. Yeah. Uh, also 10 minutes in the in and the family dog is dead on the side of the road. This movie's edgy. Oh, in this movie, I mean the, like I said, it is effectively made like the filmmaking. There's all these kind of like, close-up shots like you know kind of it's like they're shooting with long lenses everything's very close up and handheld and jarring and it just it feels claustrophobic and like like michelle williams you just want to get away you need your own space in this movie and it refuses to give it to you he's fucking like eating raisins off the uh oh. the table oh he's pouring out the uh fucking oatmeal and telling the daughter to like just Eat it up off the table with your mouth. And like she's a, like, I already like have one child. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, like I said, he's got that divorced dad energy where it's like, I don't ever get to see the kid very often. So when I do, I want to be fun. I don't want to be the disciplinarian. And so, like, she's the one who he's has gonna like, make her the bad guy. two-hour yeah. commute. Yeah, I know. Jesus. And to come home and, like, clean up after this monster. Um, It's just, it's so... 
It's so trash. Like when they drop off the kid at the grandpa so they can go bury the dog, and it's just everything. Grandpa comes off his fucking um, oxygen tank. oxygen tank, and like Ryan Gosling like, won't come anywhere near him. Won't even say hi to him because he can't smoke near the oxygen tank. It's just, what an asshole! Oh, I can't yeah, smoke in yeah. there. Like, hey, hey, buddy, you know what you could do? You could put the fucking cigarette out for once. Yeah, yeah. Which is like when you see her dad in the past, like the dude's a fucking prick. Like at first, I was like, man, no one's a bigger prick than this dad. And then I was like, well, no, Ryan Gosling is taking that cake. <laughs> Yeah, Rawls there, he sucks. And yet somehow he comes off as being not that bad when you compare him to Gosling. Yeah. Um, the scenes where he comes a, a mover in the past, that just looked like it would hurt someone's back. I mean, I think if you do it the right way, it's you're you know, lifting through well, legs, they, not your back there. Aren't they implying in the future stuff that he has a bad back? Isn't there one thing? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, you you could get a bad back from that, I'm sure. The I the way you're supposed to do it, obviously you shouldn't, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has the worst take on women as he's like hanging off his coworkers. That for coworker, by the way, fucking hates him. Oh, he's no. just like talking about women. Like they spend their whole lives looking for Prince Charming, and then they marry the guy with a good job. And I'm like, well, that's not you. Yeah, <laughs> this guy just is a dumb piece of shit right from the start. He has all these preconceived notions about women and the kind of woman he wants, and and all this. And like he never changes through the whole movie. Like it's not like. It wasn't like he was aspiring and then something happened to him and it dragged him down. It's like, no, you were always going to turn out this way. Well, and then the story he paints about his dad is just like he comes from like a long line of sad sacks of shit. What did you think about all the effort he put into setting up the uh, the old guy's place that they moved him into? Too goddamn far. Too weird. Too sad on the old man's it part. The old man's going me... through a huge life change. I don't need some fucking stranger decorating my new little... It seems like weirdly performative to me. Like, like Dean here definitely has daddy issues, and like, like I don't know if he had like his dad or his grandfather or something was in the military, but like, I feel like he wasn't really doing it for this guy. He was doing it to kind of enact some sort of fantasy of manhood or something. You know, Dean reminds me of our good friend who idolizes his father because it's better than seeing his father for who he really is. Uh Um, so yeah, I totally, I totally buy into this read. Um, again, it's just like, it's like, he's, it's excessive. It's too much. It's not, it's not remotely. Dean's whole thing is it's not based on anything that he saw in the old man's house. You know, the old man could hate this. This is a fucking inconvenience for him potentially. And again, I'm just thinking about the coworkers who are just like, all right, Dean, I can't make this clear enough. Yeah. We really got to go our drive. Yeah. (laughs) What's with all the long ass drives? Where do these people live? They they live the company's in New York, which is where the old man is, is yeah. stationed. Cindy's in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. yeah uh, makes me not want so to. Like, visit I, these I, and I guess that moment that we just shit on is maybe his most redeeming moment. I don't but think it's. I don't feel like is it's there a more redeeming moment? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just saying of what's what's present. This is the only one that rises to the top. I just don't think he's doing it for that guy. I think he's doing it for himself. Yeah, he's a he's a goofy bastard. Um. So he turns the leaves. He's a nice. See something there across the hall. I I kind of like the cuts in some parts here. In some parts, got to like Michelle Williams in the present, watching him bury the dog. Just the fact that he's like, she shows up late because she found their dead dog. It's like this uh school pageant show or whatever. You can mm-hmm. tell she's super emotional about it, and he's like immediately starts fucking blaming her, and she's like crying as she's watching this, and he's just like you know way to go what'd you do also also 
let's let's recount Cindy's day here. Yeah. She had to get up way too fucking early because this asshole was awoken from his recliner snooze by their child that nobody was minding. She's got well, this Cindy, doctor who, boss who's probably trying well, to hit Cindy on her. Well, Cindy has a two-hour commute, like has to get up even earlier to find that he hasn't even like fed their child. Yeah, then the fucking doctor's a creep. We haven't even talked about what uh, what Dean here does for a living. House painter. Uh, you, know, drink. you know who else was a house painter? Who? Adolf Hitler. So there. I thought he was just an art student, but he also painted houses. Yeah. This is your this is your take. What is, what what uh what internet rule is this? Which is the one where you eventually compare things to Hitler? Uh that is thirty four is the, law. The, the fuck rule, right? The rule thirty four is the porn rule. No, you're talking about Godwin's law. Okay, I'm sorry. You're Godwin's just law. stepping all over my joke too. Oh, I'm so sorry. Should I should we rewind? <laughs> Um, so his idea of fixing things is to take advantage of a coupon he has for a cheesy sex motel. Yeah, it, man, never has a hotel seemed less sexy. And he's just like being a complete dick about it. She's like, I really don't want to do this. I'm on call, yada, yada. And he's just like, I'm going to make you choose. I'm going to make you choose. Fine. You're making me choose. It's all like, you're making me do this. You're making me do that. I have no agency in this situation, even though I'm manipulating you constantly. Mm-hmm. He just his solution is like I just, just want to get drunk and make love. Yeah. In regards to the fact that she tells him I'm on call, I don't want to have to get up in a strange place tomorrow and drive the two hours to work. But he's just like, no, I have a lot of confidence in my dick. Oh, and he's uh, just like, I don't really care about anything you say. I do things entirely because I want to do them, and your opinion doesn't matter. Well, and she goes along with everything so there won't be a fight. Like she's yeah. just postponing, and she's to a certain degree she's damaging herself by putting off. The adult conversations, which I gather she has attempted with him in the past, and they uh-huh. do not work out. Um, so she goes to the supermarket or the liquor store, and she runs into this guy played by Mike Vogel from Cloverfield, who is Bobby Ontario. Which oh, is this guy! Of- this movie is just like a, a contest, like who can be a bigger piece of shit. Well, this guy's so- a piece of work. <laughs> I haven't seen each other in a while, and his first thing is like, "Oh, hey, you're married. You've been faithful to him." <laughs> what the fuck? Well, she says, "Well, yeah," and he's just like. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can really tell, especially when you get the uh, the background with her dad and what like an asshole he is to her mother. That like she has just grown up in environments where she doesn't know how to push back against this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's she's learned to accept this kind of abuse from people. As she said to her dying grandmother, which I presume to be a wish you throw into a well into eternity, she said. God, the universe, the only thing I don't want is to end up like my parents. Yeah. Um, so she, so I thought, okay, so she, I assume that the way I took it is that she then rushes outside and is in a hurry to get going so that Dean won't see Bobby Ontario, right? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Or just to get away from him. You Maybe. Know? So she tells Dean in the car, he gets upset. Um, he gets way too upset. The only detail that I found interesting about that is when she's just like, oh, I wish you could have seen him. He's fat and he's a loser. And he's just like, why are you saying that? Why, why would that make me feel better? That's the only time I was like, well, that's a reasonable thought. But Dean, you're still. I don't think that's reasonable at all. Really? I think he's just looking for any reason to pick a fight with her. No, I mean, I think in a normal civil conversation, that could be a point that you could raise. But yeah, what's the point? She's trying to make you feel better about yourself, you fucking asshole. Well, the movie's very interesting, too, because there's a month difference in the actual 
physical production of the early scenes yeah, yeah. to the later scenes. Like they they try to do that thing where they telegraph that he's, I guess, more out of shape than than he actually is in, in real life. I don't think it's really about him being out of shape. I think she just wants to kind of let Dean know that like, oh, this other guy sucks. He has nothing to worry about. Yeah, but, still, but he's she's just saying, like, nah, I'm going to throw it back unattractive to me. Don't worry about it. It's like, it doesn't really matter that he's physically unattractive. That's not the key to make me not worry about it. But again, it's not a conversation to have amongst these two people. Because then I had a good laugh where I was like, is this a thing in rural Pennsylvania where people have to just stop and take pee breaks on the side of the road? But I was like, oh, no, she just needs to get the fuck away from him. For, mm-hmm. Even for if it's just seconds. for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You know, as long as it's romance month, it's brought up in this movie. What do you think of the concept of love at first sight? I don't know that it's a visual thing. Um, I could see this is kind of oblique. I could see like love at first vibe. Mm. And like sight could be a part of that. I don't know if just visually, there's there's plenty of good looking people out there. If you fall in love with a very good looking person, you see there's something wrong with you. Yeah, I just... I don't know, especially based on this movie, I don't buy it. it. It just really more seems like the kind of person who'd say they fall in love with first sight might be narcissist. Well, you know? and and for you to really pitch like a love at first sight angle as your story, I would like to think that it's at least uh, via lip service, like a mutual thing. Clearly, it is not for, for these two. Like she's not taking a two hour bus ride to go seek him out. You know what I mean? Like he's just hunting her. He's just like, being a predator for her so obviously it's not a mutual thing and it's not also anyways even mutual also, thing i don't i don't believe in soulmates so I don't yeah know. yeah he doesn't have a phone number no he, he doesn't have a phone number you cannot trust a guy who doesn't have a phone number no as my point is he's if we knew any other details about him we would say run girl get the only fuck away from this guy i feel like there's only three possibilities there somebody says they don't have a phone number either number one they're lying and they're like they're married or they're in a relationship or something. And like, they know that their, their partner checks their, their phone. Uh, Number two, they're like a complete fucking psycho, like prepper, like Luddite person. Stay Mm. away. Or number three, like they just got out of jail. Those are the only three possibilities there. Oh, I think in this case, he's a poor, I guess. I mean, when does this take place? It seems like it takes place in like the nineties, even though it's obviously a 2011 movie. Cause like nobody has cell phones. Yeah. Because they're poor. Yeah. <laughs> no one can afford cell phones. Pennsylvania didn't get cell phones until 2013. <laughs> they, didn't get, they didn't get, yeah, until like uh, 2010. And then everyone had Microsoft Kin for a while. <laughs> and then, no, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they wrote on each other's wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's also when they, they coincidentally got website pages. Uh, have you guys heard of PLL? Have you heard of this show? Um, yeah, I... I I I kind of found it fascinating rewatching this because I'm like wrestling against what I remember the one time I watched this movie. And I was like, what is his backstory? And I was like, there is none. And that's that's the thing that's like remotely allowing whatever charm Gosling's telegraphing at us in those those past sequences to work. Because he's so like the family dinner later on, he's so dumb. Oh, he's he's like infuriatingly dumb. He's dumb, but he's also he is manipulative in his stupidity. Like he has, he has a thing he does and I'll, I'll get to it in my notes later, but like he has a very specific way of kind of controlling the conversation to always put uh, her, especially on edge, you know, mm-hmm. 
when they get to the motel, he is so fucking annoying. Just unbelievably annoying. He's just so smothering. He's just constantly badgering her. He won't give her any space. Like, he, he just immediately wants to jump in the shower with her. Like, he just guy. And it's like, is he so stupid that he's not reading the cues? Or is this just his way of pretending to be so completely oblivious that he can just, like, steamroll right over her? Yeah, I mean, oh, that shower sequence. It's like all this woman wants is to get clean and have a few renewing moments of hygiene in this fucking futuristic shower. And he's just like, ooh, naked wife. I'm going to jump in here and eat some puss. And she's just like, good God, I'm not into this at all. Although, side note, I would have played up more like how it looks like they're fucking on like the Starship Fuckarama. Like, I, I, I might I might go to this hotel room for one night just to go. <laughs> okay. I I, I I don't know. Like it like they make it look real bad, but I'm kinda like, tell me more about this uh Yeah, this I'm gonna have to this, pass on that. This interstellar sex the, craft. The blue light, that's not no. And and like I, mean, I would go to this before I go to Cupid's Cove. When I don't know, we didn't see Cupid's Cove. When you're drinking, you really don't want a bed that spins. That just seems like a bad idea if you're drunk. <laughs> Oh god! Anyway, I just so, I just don't think the spinning really adds anything. Even if you're dead sober, what are you getting out of that? No, I mean this is why the I guess it's there's two technologies you want in your cheap sex motel, as I understand it from the movies. You want the thing where you put the quarter in and it goes and in the vibrating bed. Yeah, you want one of those, and you want just whatever, what's, what's what's new in mirrors? Mirrors. Yeah, I don't need a spinning bed. No, no, I, I would agree. Um. So in the past, we find out that Michelle Williams is like, I guess, dating Bobby Ontario, who's uh, forgets to pull out. Yeah, what a gentleman. Uh, he's a wrestler. Yeah, college wrestler. One sign of, of sorts. I mean, would she have been happier if Bobby Ontario? Gee, I wonder. I, don't, I really do. I I I feel so bad for Cindy guy. in this yeah, movie. I just Cindy doesn't deserve this shit. She like needs to be helicoptered. To like the West Coast or something to like start a new life because all these oh, people are horrible. What's fascinating that the movie ends of a shot of Dean walking away like Shane, and yet Cindy's life is utter desolation because she's just lost her job because of this monster. We're jumping around like the movie jumps around. She's just lost her job because of this monster, and she has her child to take care of. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, because of circumstances, this poor child has grafted on to this man child. That, that's, yeah, that's gonna be a lot of therapy for her later. Parental figure. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, so, anyways, there's thing with the grandmother. The grandmother never loved the grandpa. Oof. Then you get the uh, the dinner scene with just her her parents. The dad is a goddamned asshole. I know, yelling at his, her mom for like, "What am I supposed to eat this shit?" Settle down, <laughs> Rawls. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, do you want me to make you some eggs?" Like, no. Why don't you enjoy your fucking dinner? Yeah. <sighs> Uh, and then we cut to, like you said, Bobby Ontario just railing Michelle Williams from behind in the dorm room under a poster that says Battle Rattle. <laughs> They're doing a little battle rattle themselves there, and he comes inside of her. And then he's like, oopsie doopsie. It's just like, well, whatever. Sorry, babe, I was feeling it. Um, so she's like reading like romance novels to her grandmother. Her grandmother's like, uh, I don't know, I guess sometimes all people who are sick and get mean, it's demanding a cigarette. And that's when we see the other half of the previous flashback where Cindy sees Dean across the hall as he's leaving that guy Walter's place. 
classic meet cute. She sees him as he's picking up his money from the job. So he comes rushing after her to be like, hey, I'm not robbing out old man. And she's like, like, sure. Guilty conscience much? Yeah. Here's here's a card. I don't have a phone number. Call my job and ask for me. The pivot, like, you know, I've I've got money. I've stolen money before, but I have my own money right now. Money that I can, you know, use to ask out girls. And she's just like, oh. Yeah. Oh, it's like, what did you fucking teleport in from 1920? Like, get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah, James Cagney. Give it a rest. Oh, and then uh, there's the scene where she's going home. Cindy is uh, pushing her grandmother around. And Bobby shows up. And he's like causing a <laughs> scene with the flowers. He's like causing a scene. Oh, why don't you talk to me? Come on, man. As she's just trying to like go inside. Like, dude, like she's with her grandma. Fuck off. You know, yeah. obviously this isn't the time. No. Well, the, yeah, the trying to win over <laughs> the wheelchair bound grandmother. Yeah. Oh, Bobby Ontario. What are you doing? Um, oh, the detail I forgot about when he's uh, trying to go down on her in the shower. Here's what you always want to hear during uh oral sex enough yeah <laughs> so they're grumpy in the future stuff they're in their little like like futuristic sex room uh he puts on their song which is you and me by penny and the quarters they dance it's like sweet for a moment I, I like to point out it's not their song it's his song it is his song and that was that really infuriates me that really infuriates me though i think it's it's a moment where He's not only robbed her of agency in the past, but she just doesn't she doesn't know who she is and she's dealing with way too much. And yeah, at the end he shows up in the past and he's just like, I got you a present. It's a CD, it's our song. You that has to be mutual. You have to pick it. It has together. to be organic. He it has to be based on something. Yeah. It's because he doesn't give a shit about her opinion on anything. He's just like, oh. I have my ideas of what a relationship is going to be, and you're just going to be an empty vessel that I fill up. Hmm. Well, when you say it like that and those dulcet tones, it sounds nice. But uh-huh. it's not. It's not. Um, Bobby Ontario. I love the grandmother. She's like, yeah, I know my 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 granddaughter's amazing. Piss off, Bobby Ontario. Um, Bobby Ontario's like, look, Cindy, I'm trying to say that I'm sorry, but you're acting like a total bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor uh, Cindy. So, Cindy has the worst radar. She does. Meanwhile, like back in NYC. Dean is a fucking broken record of his coworkers talking about this girl he spoke to for 30 seconds. And in love at first sight. Yeah. I think yeah. this is where he's well, talking about it. And we get a snapshot of it. He's just like, I feel like I know her. And his coworkers like, yeah, but you don't. And Dean's like, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I do. So, <laughs> so even the coworkers just like, have you considered maybe finding another girl, like a local girl? And, and, and he's like, no. Well, see, this is weird to me. Like in a couple of the reviews I read, they really seem to like put forth this idea that like, oh, what it was a romance early, but then it it faded over time because of circumstance. No. And it's like, no, this guy always sucked. No, even even when he's at his nicest, he sucked. This is why I would take the the ukulele and dance scene on its own. It has to be like to find it as charming as I do. You have to divorce it from the rest of the movie because I find Just that they're not it's from vibing. like La La Land or something. Yeah, yeah they're not vibing at all. And then all of a sudden they are, and I, it's, it's not enough. It's just yeah. not enough. So he takes mass transit to Pennsylvania to go see her or find her, uh, checks in on Walter. He's really shocked that Walter could be dead. Well, is that like kind of weird shot when she gets on the bus here and he's there and it's like, you might not have noticed he was there at first until mm-hmm. like rack focuses to him. Yeah. He's wearing like a hoodie looking like a creep. He's got a stupid also, little mandolin. 
or his ukulele. Yeah, he's ukulele, he's, yeah. he's he's like positive that this is his like wooing tool, right? Like, why oh, else yeah. does he bring the two hour journey? Like, he's positive this would work. Ugh. Um, Grizzly Bears foreground is used like the instrumental version. He used a lot in this movie. Which hey, everyone, go give Vectomize well, a listen. He immediately leads in with, uh, in my experience, the prettier, the prettier the girl is, the more nuts she is, <laughs> which makes you insane. <laughs> Just like an immediate nag. <laughs> what an ass. <sighs> yeah. Yes, those noises. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the bad pickup lines. Cheesy well, she bad. Even, she even calls him out. She's like, oh, I like how you can compliment somebody and insult somebody at the same time. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Get used to it. Yeah, no, you then get later, six years of that. Is it five or six years? Ugh, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, later, she says that she wants to go away to school and study medicine. And he's like, yeah, all right. Girls like you, they don't go away to study medicine. <laughs> yeah, it's like not only is he a dipshit, but like the idea of a woman like doing anything kind of professional or intelligent, he just finds a complete joke. Now, when she looks like that, <laughs> yeah. also like, like you're going to be, be medicine doctor. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> uh, would it shock you to know that there is no script for some of these scenes? Well, there was apparently, but then they like, I don't know. It's weird. Like they, in the directing, it's like scenes. the, this is like a script that this dude like worked on forever and ever. And like 67 drafts, Michelle Williams loved it. And he was like, cool, I'm throwing it out now and it's going to be all improv. Not all of it, but, but like most or, of it, yeah, yeah. Well, should we talk about? I don't know if anyone's ever read this. I, so I guess initially, she read like draft forty something, was interested. Then, unfortunately, Heath Ledger passed away. Mm-hmm. So, according to Derek C. in France, he was like, "We will wait for you till you are ready," because um, he won like some kind of script writing contest, won a million dollars to do this movie. Uh, yeah, How so a couple years later, win. Go, couple years later gosling signs on a couple years later they make the movie the original plan that they're seeing that is like dream which is there's no way this movie would ever happen is that they would shoot the early stuff and then they would actually wait five or six years and shoot the other portions yeah um so what they ended up doing is they shot the early stuff then he made the two actors this story does not sound realistic to me made the two actors live in a house together for one month Uh and he gave them a food budget you you have two hundred dollars every two weeks then you have to figure out how to buy food and then he would show up and give them directions to like stage fights. And one of the directions was supposedly he told Gosling one night to go in and try to make love to her. Yeah, that's that's crossing a that, line. That is not going to work out. And then then the the I am the cutesy IMDB trivia version of this ends with, well, Ryan slept on the couch that night. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like uh, poor Michelle Williams should have walked the fuck away from this movie. That's probably that. the worst of the details, but the other stuff in general is like the director would just do all these little things where he's like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go secretly tell Gosling how to play the scene one way and I'm gonna tell Michelle Williams how to play it the other way, and they were just gonna see what happens as they improv. And it's like, I don't know, like I, I guess you've effectively captured a horrible romance and relationship here, but like I I find it a little unethical. Even mm-hmm. without the like, go try to sleep with your co-star. Even if you took that out of it, it still seems kind of unethical to me. Well, and then the other gross psychological detail is that this is this is all from a guy who wrote a script to try to figure out his parents' divorce. Also, his parents divorced when he was twenty. He was Get 20, over yeah. it, you yeah, pussy! Yeah. Like well, you're fine. You're gonna be just fine. You're twenty. 
Well, and then what's extra hilarious to me is Gosling's future look is supposed to like really paint like how he's a schlub and he's like falling like this not trying monstrous kind of thing. Yet his look is exactly the director's look. Like he's wearing his his yeah. type of clothes. He has his hairline, and that's why I'm like, did they have to give him some kind of like hideous transitional lenses just because like. He's still Ryan Gosling. Those, like you can't those see his fucking eyes. glasses. God, they just—they're the worst they're just part. I think the shit cherry on the shit Sunday, man. Yeah. Oof. So yeah, like like shit where he's just like, yeah, right. Girls like you don't go away to study medicine, and I think that was your improv choice. You must have known this dude's terrible, right? I mean, Ryan Gosling can't not know this guy's terrible. You like the whole think climbing so. over the fence thing—that was improv. Oh yeah, I hated that. So. She eventually Michelle Williams figures out she's pregnant and it's like, do the math. It's probably not this dude's. It's uh, it's Bobby Ontario's. It's Bobby Ontario's. And yeah. she wants to tell him, but obviously this is, you know, it's like they just started dating and this is going to be a really awkward conversation. And so he starts doing this asshole thing where he's like, oh, I'm just going to, if you won't tell me, I'm just going to climb this fence, and, like jump off this overpass and kill myself unless you tell me like just the, the yep, this is how I'm going to be emotionally manipulating you for six years. Can you imagine like if like the obituary was like Ryan Gosling fell into the Hudson filming this dumbass movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's obviously Bobby Ontario's. I mean, she says that to him at least, but like Bobby Ontario did his battle rattle inside of her. We, we all know where this is going. Um, so that scene that I was talking about, like, it's kind of funny. There's a, I don't know. It's like, it's joking to me where he's like, I can't sing. Like I have to sing stupid to sing. And I was just like, didn't he just put out an album right before this too? Did he? Oh yeah, Gosling has an album. It's like it's oh, like Tim Burton, like 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 gothic. Is it um, music. is is like like troubadour type stuff? Because that kind of seems like, like his style uh, when he's singing here. It's like like uh, if Edward Gorey was a musical genre, it's that. Yeah, it's it's a little bit troubadoury. It's goofy. I don't know. I guess it did make me wonder if there was a version of this movie where you were actually rooting for them at in the past scenes. You know, back when it's like, oh, it's it's the 16 millimeter shots. And like if this was a happy romance where they were completely charming with each other, what would the would that make the movie better? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I Like if he wasn't just a complete piece of shit early in life. It's I don't know. So uh, this is my flaw, obviously. But like I look at this movie the same way where there's a certain part of up in the air that doesn't work for me because it's George Clooney. You know, where it's just like, I can't believe you're that clueless about the signs that are being delivered to you. You know, you're not wearing like a fat suit. You don't have a weird hairline. So, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm looking up Gosling's music to share okay. with the world. That's why I'm half here. Uh-huh. Yeah, she uh, she really should have went through that abortion, I think. I really, I, I didn't like that scene either. It just seemed like it was there to make abortion seem real scary. It seems like the, um, the, the director is just going out of their way to make this seem horrible. I don't know if I got the sense that it's horrible, but I got the sense that it's real. And I believe her, I don't know, like she's bringing a certain level of like, obviously this is a huge deal. It's not a situation she wanted to be in. Um, so I don't know if like the act of abortion is the horrible aspect. I here. guess there is just an aspect here that felt like this is like something that like anti-abortion activists would show you. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I guess I don't, 
I'm not pro or anti-abortion. I'm pro a human being's right to choose their, their, their shit with their body. But like, I mean, I, I appreciate that the doctors just like, you know, very calm and gentle. Would you like me to stop? Okay. I will step out of the room. You know, like I didn't think that he was like horrific or anything. Not horrific. It just, it seems like this is designed to just like give you anxiety of the scene pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, especially as a man, anytime like a speculum comes out, I'm like, oof. Um, so in the present, they try to have the, the, well, she tries to have, I think this is a very real conversation. The talk of him first about the squandered potential. Yeah. Why don't like, you do something with your life? You asshole. And then his, his like, like, look, I didn't want to be somebody's husband. I don't want to be someone's dad, but I, I love it. You know, I just work so I can come home and do this. And it's like, it's like the clear misunderstanding between the two of them. Like, it's not that at once upon a time she didn't value their relationship and their family. It's that her job is a separate thing that is just about her. It's a it's a value she sees in herself. It's a thing that she finds solely for herself. And the two are not – they don't cancel each other out. And he's just like, fuck you for ever putting your work ahead of oh, any he just, aspect of our life. He just gets to play the card of, well, I care about her daughter, so I'm – I have immunity, basically. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, boom, Trump card. I care about our kid. I guess you don't. Yeah, which is why I make our our child live in squalor. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's like he's thrilled. He's like, no, I don't have to have a beer at eight a.m. to do my job. I get to have a beer at eight a.m. to do my job. <laughs> Just divorce him right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's really debating for what the word potential could mean. So. They have some like well, and this is like play fighting in the uh, present. There, he like tries to have sex with her for a little while. She clearly doesn't want it. She's telling him to stop several times, and he finally does. But then he kind of like makes it all her fault, and then he like oh. starts talking about having a new another kid. And it's just like, dude, read the room. Oh yeah, yeah. Before that though, there's there after the foreplay fighting, she's exhausted. Okay, and she's had some drinkies, so she's falling asleep, and he's like, no. Wake up. Yeah. Wake wake up. We have to have sex. That's why we're here in the future. And so then like somehow they end up on the floor. Yeah. And he's just like, you want to make a baby? And oh my God, look on her room or look on her face. She's just like, Ugh. yeah, she wants to throw up. <laughs> yeah. So like he's, he's like kissing some nipples. Like she looks like she's in agony. He's like screaming at her. Like how much rejection am I supposed to take? I deserve affection. Uh, yeah. You deserve it. So she takes off her like panties to signal like the no words like I would just give you this to shut up. And it's like he clearly can read certain signs. He just chooses them to read the ways he wants because he he then chastises her like how dare you give me the you can just have my body vibes. Yeah, after partaking for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah, like well, like why would <laughs> why would she want to give you anything more? <laughs> So she runs off to the bathroom. He's pounding the door to manually let in. I guess he falls asleep in the hall. I think. He, I think. No, it's like. Or the outside the bathroom. It, I thought it was in the bathroom. She's. Know, so it's hard to tell she, the, the geometry of their. Hotel I think there. she eventually comes out of the bathroom and goes to bed. He falls asleep on the floor outside the bathroom door. I think she went to bed after he finally fell asleep. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, she basically locks him away from her for a while because he is the worst. I don't know. How many of those nights you have to put up with in a relationship? I'm going to throw out a number. Maybe it's one. Yeah. <laughs> if you get to one, if you have to lock yourself in a room while your oh, significant other is pounding on a door, that to me is 
you're done. He's just, just done. A, he's such a child too. Yeah. Um, Somewhere here in the past, uh, Bobby Ontario figures out who Dean is and like goes and beats him up with his boys. Which yeah. like, am I supposed to feel bad about this? Because I didn't. I mean, Bobby sucks too, but still. I there's a lot of moments in this that are just dumb, but I don't know. Like you're trying to find something that make you like snicker in this movie. So like when they're in the past, like, after their night of canoodling, when they're in the cab, I laugh at the the tax driver. Like, please do not touch the woman in my ta- my cab, sir. This is this is like my home. Please do not touch the woman like in the sexual just manner. Being in my disrespectful. Uh-huh. Yeah. I uh, really wanted it when he's getting the shit beat out of him that they like pan to his coworker and his coworker is just like I ain't doing shit. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Also, another thing about Dean. Somebody's going to answer that phone. Why aren't you answering that phone? Yeah. It's your own fault, really. Yeah. Yes. You would have got the phone call from Cindy being like, hey, BT Dubs, Bobby Ontario is coming with his boys to kick the shit out of you. I mean, Bobby Ontario, get over it. (laughs) She dumped you. Get over it. Well, Bobby Ontario is hilarious in his voice, Mel. Listen here, Cindy. I've never cursed out a woman before, but fuck you. Yeah. Well, the whole thing like, uh, you want to go to war? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the in the present day, Cindy is woken up as she warned him, as she prophesied. She was woken up by a phone call at six a.m. I guess on her cell phone. I guess she does have a cell phone to say, "We need you to come into work." So, God, the fucking nightmare of like, okay, if I leave right now, when will I be at work? At nine. That's how far away I am. So she leaves a note for Dean. And she's probably still at least mildly drunk or, or getting hung over. You know. In general, just exhausted. Yeah. And like dehydrated. Yeah. Dean's still asleep on the floor of Spaceship Fuck Fail. And she writes him a note saying what happened, which again, she did tell him before. This is very likely. So like later, and then classic Dean, like later the phone rings in the, the hotel room. He's yelling at her to get it. He finally answers the phone call. I'm assuming it's the front desk saying it's time for you to clear the fuck out. Well, they say it's this wake up call at 11 a.m. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So he wakes up, finds that she's gone. He manages to look everywhere but the note. Um, In this scene, I forgot that Ryan Gosling actually has a tattoo of the giving tree on his arm there, Mm -hmm. which is the most fucked up book about unconditional love ever. He really seems to take umbrage at this note, too. It's like, dude, she warned you. You know, I don't don't know what you're mad about. Yeah. So he has to catch a bus, poor baby. With a grudge. Has to catch a bus with a grudge. And probably is doing some drinking on the way. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So he, he shows up at her job. Uh, just before this, The mm. her like doctor boss or whatever is just like, oh, you know, I was thinking maybe you get an apartment in the city so you could. Oh, yeah. So he wants her to, to move closer for this promotion. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I was thinking maybe get an apartment, you know, maybe you and I could go out to dinner a few times. And she's just like, oh, I thought you wanted me to promote me because I was good at my job, not because you wanted to fuck me, basically, you know, like, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just like immediately awkward. And he's just like, oh, yeah, anyway, I'm going to go do my job now. Yeah, get an apartment. I mean, this guy definitely fires her later. I mean, yes, granted, her husband oh, caused a huge thrilled. scene, but he's just like. Here's an he's easy thrilled. out. Yeah. Yeah. He's thrilled. Yeah. Like he get an apartment and just go home on the weekends. First of all, predator doctor guy, that's too much work for sex. Like you're setting yourself up for a nightmare. Uh, Cause I'm assuming this guy has a wife, right? Like why else are you ugh, scamming on your nurses? Uh, so, 
Um, also, I forget after they beat the shit out of Dean in like the garage of the moving company. Doesn't one of Bobby and Terrio's boys say, "Yo, your little boy is going to call me daddy now"? I There's something like that, that somewhere in there. Yeah, that's so weird. Um, yeah. So, so I yeah, her her boss kind of reveals. Boss reveals that uh, he's got an ulterior motive to this whole promotion thing. He's just mm-hmm. another asshole shithead man in, in her life. Uh, and then, and then her husband shows up and causes a massive scene. This is the oh, you must be Dean part. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other reception, the receptionist who's clearly heard of all this. Uh-huh. And uh, when Cindy, played by Michelle Williams, is like, "Okay, let's go outside to talk because we can't have this talk in my workplace." The receptionist yells, "Don't let him brainwash you." Yeah, she knows what's <laughs> up. So they go outside, they talk. He she's like, here, take the keys, just drive yourself home if you can, you drunkard. I'll go back to work and figure out my own shit out. And he of course follows her back in, follows Cut. her into the back, uh-huh. follows her to like a side room. She finally has to tell him that she's done. She has to say the words, I am so out of love with you. I have nothing left for you. Well that she tells him to be a man, and then he has to scream, What does that mean to be a man? Yeah, obviously you don't know. I just I love the part where she's just got I got nothing left for you. I got yeah. nothing. Is it doing the right thing? That a pair of testicles. Yeah. So the doctor tries to break this up and he's just like, Oh, you're the doctor? Are you the guy who's been emailing my wife? Oh boy. And then of course I don't know, I this I shouldn't find it funny on the second rewatch, but the yeah, uh, I'm gonna hit you in five seconds. Yeah. Five. I four. hope Dean goes to jail after this movie. Oh, I love the doctor's like, you're going to jail, bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Cindy gets fired because, of course. <sighs> Poor Cindy. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think the doctor is like thrilled. He finally has an out. Like, even if she brings up his like propositioning her, he'll be like, I don't know, man. Her husband came and I think she's just saying that, you know. Yeah. Her husband came, caused a massive scene, assaulted me. You know, we've, we've had this conversation before that, that we can't have this at the job, whatever. You know, that's an easy out for him. Yeah. So they leave. She screams that she wants a divorce. He takes his ring off, throws it away. Uh, then he gets out of the car and tries to go find it, like in the grass where he threw it. And she's just watching. The only thing that scene needed was like some crazy plumber's crack. Yeah, what a pathetic asshole. Um, yeah. They go back home to her dad's house. Um, he doesn't have still there. Yeah, daughter's still there. They got to pick her up, and it's like he like locks the dad out of the house. <laughs> and the dad's just like, hey, you asshole, like, I don't have my oxygen tank, which, like, granted, this dad sucks, but still, it is a little fucked up that he's just like, I'm locking you outside of your house without, like, your medical device. Like, that is so, extra shitty. Okay, when I first watched this movie in 2012 or 2011, I thought the movie was going to end with the dad having, like, a oh, something. And yeah. They have to, like, take him to the hospital and, like, they reconcile. Oh, Jesus, you know, that's awful. The ER. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, that's. Kind of the high fidelity ending where, where suddenly this external thing happens and they can bond because they have that familiarity or whatever. That's what I was afraid of. Um, so in the past, he shows up to her house of flowers, meets her dad. He's got a weird black eye from Bobby Ontario. And they're having like a family dinner where they're meeting him. And the dad says, Cindy doesn't usually bring her boyfriends home for dinner. So I'm thinking this might be pretty serious, which is ugh. Ooh, well, this Cindy. is she starts talking about. Oh, she has this one professor she likes, Professor Comstock, and Dean, the asshole, is just like <laughs> that's a dumb name. 
teachers. And they're just like, what's funny about that? Yeah. And he's like, teachers, you know, they just, they have these names. I think they're better than us. Yeah. Your name's Dean Ferrara. Like, you're not throwing any stones at anybody. It's just like, oh, you have one thing in your life that makes you feel smart and and, and passionate. I'm going to belittle it in front of your whole family. Let's get real. Does Dean even have a GED? No, he he did not graduate high school. He says he doesn't even no, have. That's right. He's not even smart enough to fucking lie about that. Okay, yeah. if you don't have a high school diploma and you're you're at a family dinner, you just fucking lie and you go, uh huh, and you move if on. If you're listening to this, literacy and your education is the gateway to your tomorrow. Yeah. Get on that. Um, so they're getting frisky upstairs, which I thought was extra skis, especially with like an asshole family. Yeah, that's this is not uh, this is not the place for where I want to fuck. Um, that's when he's like, I found our song. And there's a moment where again, it's the actors are almost too good for the characters. Because yeah. I was like, Oh, this seems nice. Like they're really playing like this is a nice moment. I'm like, this is not a nice moment. This is so dreadful. I don't know if Cindy's like on autopilot because for a brief moment when she had this stressful situation, this guy came along and convincingly told her, you're going to be fine. I'm going to take care of you. And she's just like adoring him. Right I think now. it's pretty much that she, she sees him as an escape and isn't looking too closely at all the obvious flaws. Ooh. Once that hair starts to fall out, babe. Oh boy. Um, well, it's, especially like this guy's done nothing but belittle your professional ambitions the whole time you've met him. Yeah. That's a deal breaker. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I have a weird bias. I have incredible hair. So Dean and Cindy get back to the grandparents in the present day. They go inside for a talk. This is when they locks the dad out, which is just hilarious. Um, and this is when he does the moment. He's like, you know, it's not us. We have a little girl we got to think about. And she's just like, I am thinking about her. And he doesn't get like how biting that is, like how cutting that oh, is. She's like, well, what about Frankie? You want her to grow up in a broken home? God. Uh, sounds like it'd be better than what she's. Well, it's just oh, this is now. this is all your fault. You can never leave me, or else you're harming your daughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then he does that thing that you do in this situation if you're this kind of dirtbag, where he's like, "Just tell me how you want me to change. Tell me when to change." Um, and she's just adamant; she doesn't want to do this anymore. Like she's not. It's not up to her to deliver to him like a criterion for him to get better. Yeah, you know, that's not her job. You've had, especially you've had six years, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, really, I guess halfway through this movie, I'm watching it and I'm thinking like maybe they're sweet together and it's, it's a communication error. And then by the end of the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, they never should have been together. Communication was, was shitty all along, but they never should have been together. So in the past, she's very pregnant. It's their wedding day. They meet at the Justice of the Peace or is this in front of the uh, costume shop again? I couldn't tell. But no, it's the justice of the peace. And he's doing this okay. whole move where he's just like, oh, we should really get on with it. Let's go. Let's go. And it's like, yeah, we get it. You're nervous. Dipshit. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of intercutting back and forth between the breakup in the kitchen and the wedding. He reminds her of their vows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she says, better or worse. Space. This is my worst. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, no, this isn't your worst. This is Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> what you call my worst i call it a six-year chunk of my life <laughs> uh-huh. um so he goes outside the neighbors are firing off fireworks when i was like oh is this independence day they're shooting <laughs> off some like roman candles or some crazy shit like do they not have fires in pennsylvania uh that's a good question um <laughs> but it's like is Cindy gonna like turn on like there's bill pullman like today is my independence day uh-huh. my shitty spouse 
Um, so the little girl runs, you know, cuts him, begs him to come back. This is the hard part where the little girl is like crying out, but I love him. Show him says like take the daughter away, and so he just keeps walking away towards the fireworks. See, to me, it was happy moment. It's like, look, she's crying now. She'll be better off for it later. Um. So as I understand, for people I know who've had this kind of situation, yes, to a certain degree, you are better. But it's like you still will always. This will still always hang over your head. This will still be a rock that drags you down. You know what I mean? Because everyone, everyone, like they see the potential of their shitty parent. It's like, yeah, my dad's an asshole, but don't I deserve a good dad and a, and a parents who are together and that kind of thing? So, I, you know, yes, it, like Frankie's life will be better, but I can see where this will haunt her, the therapy because of her. You know, Frankie, just find yourself like a, a decent sized rock, like a five pound rock, and like write dad on it. That will be a better father to you than this guy. Put a wig on it. Yeah. Yeah, more <laughs> hair than this sh- guy. <laughs> and some of those shitty glasses. Uh-huh. Uh so the credit sequence is like fireworks, like illuminating like snapshots of their courtship and deleted scenes and whatever. All right. Well, if you can make one change, what would it be? Again, these two shouldn't have gotten together in the first place. I mean, at first I was like, oh, what if this guy just got hit by a bus? But then I was like, you know what? That's not fair. That could give the bus driver PTSD. Like that, that's not fair to him. And so I was like, mm-hmm. what if what like victimless crime, a meteorite just falls out of the sky and it blows like a six inch hole in Dean's crotch and he just bleeds out while he's moaning for Cindy. And then Cindy turns to the camera and says, and nothing of value is lost. Addition by subtraction and then credits. Or like they go back to the house and like the FBI is there because it's like Dean's been like doing some naughty things on the in the internet, and like the FBI agents like, "Ma'am, you and your daughter are better off with this guy behind bars." I don't know. I and feel like, like that that might I make know. it worse for the daughter, but yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. True. 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 Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So in a similar tone, are there movies that you would recommend instead of this? I had yeah, lots of movies. Yeah. Do you mean like in the same type of genre, I guess? Yeah, 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 yeah. And this, this equally romantic genre that we've, we've covered here. Uh, I mean, I think 500 days of summer is a pretty good, it's not really the same tone, I guess. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a story about love, but uh, not, it's not about falling out of love the way this movie is at least somewhat kind of about. Um hmm. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any, but I know there. Are, I, I'm sure there are some movie, other movies I've watched about like the dissolution of a relationship that are at least more entertaining. I mean, I think this mm-hmm. movie like really captures it and all the ugliness that, that could possibly be there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like I don't know. I guess it depends on your mood whether or not you want to experience that. I would recommend a, there's a French movie called Five by Two by Francois Ozone that is about the dissolution of a marriage and it's told in reverse. Um. Somehow it's not as bleak and brutal to watch as this movie. You said five by two? Five by two. Oh, yeah. Just, that was the top hit on my uh, Google search for movies about failing relationships. Oh, right on. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting movie. I um, didn't see Kramer versus Kramer, but I think that is supposed to be pretty good. <laughs> That'll be our next movie. Kramer versus Kramer. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, oof, man. What a what a fun month of movies this has been. This has been the hardest Polly's, to watch. Take this waltz is that one? Huh. Oh, take this waltz is uh, 
Oof, that's brutal too. Um, also, uh, I'm trying to remember. It's Michelle Williams, and um, I think the she's also kind of a a character that I feel bad for because she starts off the movie married to Seth Rogen. Ooh. I mean, you can only go up from there. And then, yeah, she like meets a neighbor who kind of is exciting and, and offers her something and spoiler, she leaves her husband and she goes off with this neighbor and it's nothing but like passionate, incredible sex. There's like a whole montage uh-huh. of all the, of the wild fucking they do. It's like one of those like spinning around them <laughs> as they like time spans and they just like fuck like crazy and have threesomes and orgasms. And then something's still missing emotionally. So she goes back to her husband and he's just like, no, fuck you. You left me bitch or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's just insulting. The squid, <laughs> that's an insult to injury. The squid and the whale. I don't think I've ever actually seen that. I remember it being decent. I saw it once. Is that the one where uh, um, yes. Jeff Daniels is getting a beach from uh, Rogue from the X-Men? Yes. Cool. I cool. thought you were going to go with uh, the kid like wiping his cum on books at the library, but also yes. Oof. Yeah. You're going to really uh, get something via osmosis in those books. Um, shit. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Well, power rankings. <laughs> I, uh, I I can start at number 10. Oh, she got burned from last time, so I, I barely <laughs> have any. You fucker. Um, I, can, I can bullshit it, I guess. Start your number 10. You know, it's tough because I'm not really sure who to put at 10. Because Do you actually have more than two characters on these 10 rankings? Yeah. Okay. All right. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really torn. I'm guessing they go with Dean at ten. I'm torn between Dean and Tommy, or not Tommy, Bobby, because they both suck so completely. But we were with Dean for longer, so I'm going to go with Dean at number ten. Yeah, Dean would be my, be my number ten. Yeah, and then I have Bobby Ontario at number nine. He sucks. I have yeah, uh, the dad Jerry Cindy Cindy's dad at number eight. Yeah. Then the doctor. I got the doctor at number seven. I've got the mm-hmm. director, Der- uh, Derek Sian France, at number six. I just, nice. I don't know. I, I get like reading about the production of this. I just got like a skeezy vibe from the whole fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have like a just a vast ocean of a gap at number five. And Let's then, just say Frankie, Grandma. Well, then at number the four, I, I check in with the coworker and Mimi yeah. and the grandma, and then Cindy at number one. Yeah. That all sounds about right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, aren't you glad we did this movie? Yeah, this is great. This was a lot of fun. I, I experienced um, a movie I hadn't seen before. Was this also therapeutic for you? No. Okay. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> good. Yeah. That's good. It's a good answer. <laughs> I hope nothing this, about this movie ever applies to my life. Yeah. Yeah. I only got like halfway through my bottle of champagne. It wasn't even like fun drinking while we did this. I mean, I I don't know about you, but like it took me three sittings to get through this. No, it actually I was able to actually watch this. Wow, you powered through. Pretty much straight through. I mean, I took a break to poop at one point, but like. By the way, this is on Netflix. By the way, if anyone really wants to experience it. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, like I said, I I think the movie is somewhat competently made. Like it has a flow. I mean, I. You know, there's a great there's a great thing that adds a pace of like the match cuts and the stuff and the way. Well, like I cut. said, it it very effectively accomplishes what it's trying to do. It's just like I don't know why you want to do that. The yeah, the movie is so effective at what it's doing that I hate it. Yeah. So yeah, well, job well done. I never saw the place beyond the pines. I don't think I care. No. No, Gosling makes weird decisions. 
I think it's yeah. possible I haven't liked him since Crazy Stupid Love. Hmm. Hmm. I feel like he's really been riding high on that and, and like a lot of goodwill from that for a very long time now. Is that the movie where he got jacked or was he jacked before? I don't know. Because, I mean, he wasn't like jacked in like Half Nelson. No, but I, I, I mean, was that his big movie, Crazy Stupid Love? Like, what was he? I know he was in like Murder by Numbers way back in the day, but I don't know what his like breakout role was. Yeah, Murder by Numbers, not his big movie. Um, uh, I know he was fired. We should do from... that. Would be a fun one to do sometime. Not not Murder nice, by but... Numbers. Yeah, it's got okay. my most hated actor in it. Yeah, the poor man's. Well, that movie. I walked out of that movie thinking, okay, so Sandy has just done a bad remake of Hitchcock's Rope. With the poor man's DiCaprio and the poor man's Brad Pitt. That's how I. That's how I phrased it. See, I've never seen the thought. whole movie. I've just seen most of it because my sister is watching it on cable once, and it it just has that like it's that kind of movie you come in twenty minutes in and you kind of just keep watching it because there's something fascinating and and grotesque about it. I always so thought the that, Notebook, um, the Notebook, duh, that's his big movie. Yeah, yeah. I always thought that Agnes Brucker should have a bigger career. Um, okay, so you want this. Fuck it. We don't have a lot of content here. You just want to go through his and Michelle Williams' films and just fire off a sentence or two? I don't know if I have much to say about most of these. Okay, let's find out. Oh, we'll go backwards. First Man, did you even see that? Nope. Okay, yeah, Neil Armstrong's it, an asshole. It just didn't look appealing. I, I don't think I really like Damien Chazelle. That's fair. Yeah. Blade Runner 2049? It was okay. Mm, okay. Song to Song? I'm sure you didn't see that. Nope. That's okay. La La Land? I have not seen it. I I feel like I should. Like, I live in L.A. now. It seems like I should go see that movie. I like Weren't Emma Stone. Weren't you handed Stone. a DVD copy when you got your, when you signed your lease? You'd think so, yeah. I like Emma Stone. I just, he's like a snooty jazz guy. Like, that just sounds really unappealing to me. Apparently, there's a scene where Ryan Gosling <clears throat> explains jazz to John Legend. Of course he does, yeah. Um, True story. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Well, you're not from L.A., so. You're not from L.A. either. <laughs> I don't know if he's from oh. L.A. <laughs> That's true. And the people who are, we can tell. Uh, the Nice Guys? You know, I wanted that movie to be better. It was a little, it had like a, just a real nasty bone in it, I felt like. Um, mm. it just like, it's just kind of more unpleasant than I felt like it really needed to be. Agreed. I still think he's the best part of the movie. Yeah. Because Russell Crowe, oh. uh, the big short. It was fine. Okay. This is great. You haven't seen Lost River. You haven't seen White Shadow. I hope you haven't He's, seen Only God Forgives. No, I definitely have not seen Only God Forgives. You're not uh, You're not chiming in as much on, on your takes here. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the big short. I, I, I do enjoy that movie. I don't know why. It's like a movie where like, it'll come on like on Netflix or something and I'll – I'll watch like a half an hour. I mean, I've, I've read the book, so I, I don't know. I feel like yeah. I already kind of knew most of it. Like I, I turned on something while I was eating earlier and I ended up watching like 50 minutes of Casino Royale today. So some movies just like, okay, whatever. This is on. I'll just sit here. Um, Gangster Squad? Did not see it. That was one of those movies that like it got delayed and recut, I think. Because like mm-hmm. there were trailers out for it forever. And then it was like, at first it looked kind of interesting and it was like, oh, it's Gosling and Emma Stone. But then like, I just got that sense of like, oh, I bet this sucks because it keeps getting pushed back. I can tell you that I really like Emma Stone's look in that movie, but I like Emma Stone's look in just about anything she's ever done, ever. 
in her life. So yeah, but also it has the word gangster in it. So I don't care. I've never seen it. The Eyes of March. Are you just skipping past the place beyond the pines? Well, we talked about that. And Touch of Evil. Uh, did not see the Eyes of March. I think Clooney might not be a good director. That's fair. I mean, he's he's a bland director. It's yeah. it's whatever. <laughs> it's a whatever. You know, I've never seen Drive. Oh, really? I have. Um, I found it overrated. Cool. Um, I don't know if I like that guy. That the, guy? The director. Oh, the director. no, no, he sucks. Mr. Neon Demon. Yeah. Um, Crazy Stupid Love. I mean, I would. I enjoyed think it. It's fair to say. I enjoyed it, except that. I, I didn't like Steve Carell's character. It was and it was okay. weird because it was supposed to be like Ryan Gosling's this like pickup artist douchebag, and Steve Carell's the nice guy. But like, actually, Gosling's character turned out to be decent, and Steve mm-hmm. Carell was revealed to just be kind of a, a shit. I rewatched it. When did I rewatch this? Last September, for reasons. And I just fast forward through all the Steve Carell stuff mm-hmm. just to get to the uh, David Lindhagen and he takes off the rings. Um, I don't know what that is. All good things, which I think is the, um, you have no idea what this is. It's the one that eventually became, it's the, it's a fictionalized account of the story that eventually was the, the documentary show, the jinx was his name, Bobby. Um, fuck kill them all. That's somebody knows what I'm talking about. Blue Valentine we talked about. Lars and the Real Girl. I haven't seen it. Nope. Fracture, which I think is a movie he did with Hopkins. Yeah. Gosling's got a really bizarre filmography. The character he he's playing, it sounds like some kind of like like a character in like a, a an old play. Willie Beecham. Half Nelson, we talked about. You did you ever see that? I saw like half of it with Peanut. I just mostly know because broken social scenes on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I think I watched that with Tara. I think I watched that with Tara on your couch. Huh. Uh, Stay. I enjoyed that movie. What is Stay? It's um. Is it's he a, a ghost? With... No, not a ghost. <laughs> I can't say what he is. Okay. But oh, McGregor's in it. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not what I would call a good movie, but there's something about it I like. D.D. Wong. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got a cast. It has got a cast notebook. United States of Leland. I have seen. Have you I know seen the notebook? No, I haven't. Neither have I. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Haven't seen Evil Dead Two yet. Um, United States of Leland. I've seen. I know Michelle Williams is in it. I don't remember what she does in it. Um, then a bunch of movies that I don't know what they are. I know The Believers, like a Nazi movie. Remember the Titans? I think is a football movie. Yeah. I have yeah, seen this Murder is all, This is all his early shit. He was like a Disney guy. When he was yeah. young, right? Yeah, yeah. He was a Mickey Mouse Club kid with uh, Timberlake and Aguilera and Britney Spears. And I remember reading this um, this Rolling Stone article about him years ago. And he was like the weird little kid who was like a kid, but he kept making things like sexual. And it made everyone else a little confused. How charming. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, where's her filmography? Michelle Williams? Yeah. Shit. Because she's, you, you know. Made, I, you made a comment last week on the pod about like what. An impressive career, un- unimpressive career she had. And I wasn't sure if you're being sarcastic or not. Her? No, oh, I was probably yeah. being sarcastic. I okay. think she's the she's the one that I did not expect this career from in uh, Dawson's Creek. Right? Well, if, if back you know twenty years ago now, if you're watching Dawson's Creek, you would have thought, oh, Katie Holmes, she's gonna be, she's the talent, she's gonna be the massive star, and 
she kind of was a little bit for a while, but Michelle Williams, I feel like, is definitely eclipsed her. Not mm-hmm. not just in quantity, but in quality. It's like Michelle Williams has Oscar nominations. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think the show did her any favors. And on no, top no, it, the show, like, didn't know what to do with her. They hated her character. Yeah, and then even the the weird baggage of, like, oh, here's a show, and, like, Katie Holmes is, like, kind of the female lead, and she's a little bit quiet and shy. But, like, hey, did you guys know she was supposed to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer? And, like, oh, wow. You know, it's like, yeah, I didn't know what to do with, with uh, what's her name. Um, so, <laughs> it's just like, Jen's not a virgin, so she's basically a whore. Go after that, Dawson. Yeah. When do you walk your dog? Um, there's a bunch of movies on her IMDb that, that are current that no one's ever heard of. So Venom, you saw that. Yeah, I'm I'm happy she got a paycheck for that movie. I don't think she knew what was going on in that movie. It's a terrible movie. The Greatest Showman. Is that that singing one? Yeah, the singing one with yeah. Hugh Jackman and that that crazy racist P.T. Barnum. Yeah, didn't see it. Uh, All the Money in the World. <laughs> That's the, uh, I wonder they cast, uh, recast uh, Spacey, yep. right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I didn't see that either. Uh, and there were like two, and- two movies and a TV show about like that same, uh, same situation there with like the rich guy, right? And the, the hostage situation, maybe. Yeah. Uh, what's fr- infuriating is that they, they then paid, so they had to obviously recast Christopher Plummer. They had to pay for the reshoots. Um, I believe what's his name? Wahlberg got a couple million more to come back for those reshoots. She had to come back too, and like they didn't pay her. Although more. she she like volunteered to take a pay cut, and then it like it came out that he didn't. He might have eventually got shamed into donating that money. I can't remember how that worked out, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was a thing where it was just he he was like, oh yeah, you can pay me. Yeah. Uh, Wonderstruck. I'm guessing we probably both have not seen that. Certain Women. Nope. No, I've not seen most of her movies. Okay, Manchester by the Sea, My Week of Maryland, Take the Waltz. I've seen that. I have a a a general policy of like I try to avoid Casey Affleck. That's fair. Oh, I did see Oz. Oz the Great and Powerful. I did see that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Woof. It's a bad movie. apparently, Apparently, she was in an episode of Cougar Town. Yeah, I think probably, I think, wasn't Busy Phillips in that? Yeah. Yeah, she's friends with her, so that's probably why. Oh, her former co-star from Dawson's Creek? Yeah, they're like very good friends. I think I kind of, I I mostly tuned out during the Busy Phillips era of Dawson's Creek. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Um, Like, I don't even remember how that character started on the show. She was Uh, the college character, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 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 she was the college. That was weird. Where they're all, like, all over the country and, like, Dawson has whole storylines that have nothing to do with anyone else. Yeah. Uh, take this while it's talked about Meek's cutoff. I'm sure you haven't seen shutter Island. Never saw it. I'm a huge Leo fan. Okay. Uh, Sinodeki, New York is, um, it's a brutal movie about life. I don't really remember her in it. To be honest with you, Wendy and Lucy. Incendiary, I believe is the movie with Ewan McGregor where there's a full on sex scene on the couch. I also, believe I've the, seen this the, movie, if I'm not mistaken. The backward yeah. battle rattle, right? It's like, Doesn't she die in a bombing? No, it's like they are having an affair. Ooh. And like the the scene with them having sex on the couch is like interrupted by like a stadium explodes that like yes. both their families are in or something like that, if I recall. Or maybe it's just her family. But like uh-huh. one of their one of them at least, their whole family is wiped out in some terrorist attack, like while they're having sex. Only you could time it to when the thing explodes. Yeah. Mm. Brokeback Mountain. 
Uh, yeah, she's in that. I she's good in that. I like that okay. movie. I was very drunk when I saw it, but I remember thinking it was really good. Cool. Um, Dawson's Creek we talked about. United States of Leland I talked about. Prozac Nation. I didn't realize she's in that. I never saw that. She's has a whole. She has a whole career. Prior, I guess some of this is. I guess some of this is crossover of Dawson's Creek. Like she's in the Killing Mr. Griffin TV movie. Well, she was in H two. Excuse me. Well, the uh, H2O, H2O movie is really the only movie, and I mean, maybe Dick, where it's like she's gonna go cash in on like her like teen star success. Yeah. yeah, like she for the most part, she was always looking to do very different, very kind of ambitious stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, prior to that, there's like bit parts and Home Improvement, Step by Step, yeah. Baywatch, Lassie. Who, who do you think has the better career, her or Gosling? Oh, let me go back to his. I'm sorry. You take one. Quick. I'd say they're pretty comparable. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of either of their movies, but I mean, I guess he's probably he's been in the Notebook, so he's like kind of a bigger headliner. But it seems like she's got more prestige than he does. Um, I would make the argument that maybe she's the the. The the not I don't want to say the better actor, but like she's the she's the thespian, the better thespian. She's the more, you know, just for the craft, the, the skill, the talent. He's the guy who like does movies in which his co-star gets nominated for an Oscar and then maybe wins because she was nominated for Blue Valentine. Yeah, she has four Oscar nominations, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. So I think I think Gosling is the guy who like he's likable. He does some good movies he does some trash but it's like he's really gonna he's gonna really like magic johnson and elevate his uh his co-star yeah i can or the, not elevate but give him a good standing to each I other to recall there's a fair amount of juice for her in my week with Marilyn. like i mm-hmm. think like briefly she was like a front runner there and mm-hmm. maybe with manchester by the c2 and then just i don't know for whatever reason let's see who won oh fucking meryl streep won uh my week of meryl in the year so there you well, go of course she did she's meryl, she's meryl streep who directed that was that a brana no he Brana. was in it i don't know if he directed it emma watson's apparently in that in the small role yeah who's she playing i don't know simon curtis uh to any redmayne julia ormond brana's playing sir lawrence of olivier <laughs> that sounds about right he wishes. <laughs> oh, Brana. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Huh. Yeah, but like certain movies, like you know, like Lars and the Real Girl, I never saw. I'm, I'm sure it's got some value. I just don't know if that's for me. Yeah. Anyway. So Sterling, this, this will be a short episode. <laughs> Is it how 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 short is it? Hour and a half. That's fine. Hmm. We don't. They don't all need to be two and a half hours long. I mean, still, it's it's the romance month. You could just turn off the lights, play this real loud. It'll take you places. <sighs> so we might do something in the next few weeks, maybe if we can think of a good one for number fifty, I guess. But yeah, so we got PLL or our March PLL podcast in a couple of days, and then maybe something else. And then on the 20th, PL comes back. So yeah, we're going to be pretty busy. Fucking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, once PL goes, comes back like for real on the, the 20th of March there, I think it'd be fair to say that this pod will be going on hiatus 
probably yeah. until uh i don't know mid-june or something whenever yeah where the show ends it's only 10 episodes but yeah that's that's gonna take up most of our time i think at least uh i'm already draining the notes yeah probably take a couple weeks off after pll before we get back into yeah the head cannoning just just because those notes uh-huh <laughs> and it's 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 the you know it's our like the pressure we put on ourselves to like try to turn them around as fast as we can after the show airs oh it's gonna be a little it's, tricky with my schedule it's like a it's like a Wednesday show now. Right? Yeah, it's a Wednesday show, which is right when my work week starts. So that's going to be a pain. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess we should talk about like, are these still Friday morning shows or are these like Saturday morning <laughs> shows now? We can talk about that offline. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to see how the sausage is made. You just heard the sausage. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, um, hope everyone enjoys guys, Romance Month. Yeah. We're trying to think of a concept for an episode 50 that doesn't involve us watching anything. <laughs> it requires no preparation at all. Um, yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I to me, I guess it just we'll see how much time we have uh, between mm-hmm. now and PLL perfection and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, something to think about. All right. Have a good one. Peace.